Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of A Study in Games podcast from Little Rock Games. I'm Brad. I am Joe. I'm Olivia. I'm Robbie. I'm Danner. And this season, I think this is what, is this our ninth season? Can you guys believe that? Yeah, ninth season. For this ninth season, we are tackling the theme of death. Yep, that's right. We're tackling the theme of death. Uh, We were going to do zombies or vampires or something, and then we thought about undead, and then we thought about other stuff and said, hey, how about just death? So we're doing death, and this month, we all, for the month of January, we played the game Death and Taxes from placeholder game works um it is a a uh simulation strategy point and click that's story rich where you play the grim reaper and your job is to decide who lives and who dies it's sort of your your desk desk job in this uh in this afterworld thing um and it was uh, interesting and fun, and we are going to talk about it for the next hour or so, so we're glad you joined us. And the first thing I'm going to do to kick this off is to uh, go around and ask everybody just first thoughts about it. Uh, Joe, what do you think? Ooh, me. Yes, yes. You're on the spot. I'm ready. Well, I was thinking when you said it was that deciding who lives and dies is your desk job. It's literally your desk job because the, the main screen is, you know, when, where most of the game takes place is at a desk, which yes. I actually <laughs> found pretty enjoyable. I collected a lot of things for my desk, some of which were useful and some of which were just, you know, desk items. Um, but I, I will say that I was really pleasantly surprised by how much joy I took in deciding who got to live and who got to die. (laughs) So that's really my, my main initial thought is that it, I, it did not occur to me that a mechanic of making that choice when you had context for someone's life, Mm -hmm. like that it would be so satisfying to be able to hold that power. And so I'm just fascinated by that emotional moment. And so I'll probably spend a lot of time thinking and talking about it. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, Olivia, what did you think? What first thoughts? My first thoughts are that it's probably a good thing that Joe doesn't have to make those sorts of decisions in <laughs> his space. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, that's, that's actually not the first time that we've all thought that. Thought. <laughs> um. But no, seriously, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I'm probably going to be talking about it a lot in regards to some similar games because the one game that I kept thinking about while I was playing it is Papers, Please, um, which is a really, really famous, really, really brilliant game that is clearly a really strong influence on this game. But it also does has its own really interesting, unique identity. And even though it's very simple, like I, yeah, I found myself very deeply interested in the narrative and the way the narrative was framed and... And yeah, it's just a very unique, interesting game. Yeah. Nice. Robbie, what were your thoughts? Yeah. Um, I think along similar lines, I, you know, I figured I'd, I'd be like, okay, this will be cool. Like I'll get something out of it. And I don't, something like it, it really hooked, uh, or uh, I was able to dig in a lot more than I thought I was going to, I guess. I really like got invested <laughs> in making in making the choices and um, 
you know, there's a, there's a lot of cool things that uh, they did in the game with regards to uh, collecting the, the knickknacks for your desk job. And uh, just also the sort of um, banality of having a desk job. I think they did a good job kind of. It's, I think uh, it's a metaphor for life and death really. <laughs> yeah. There was, a, there's a lot of like fun, fun uh, kind of cheeky stuff in there. Maybe yeah. there were parts of the writing that kind of, um, rubbed me the wrong way but then i ended up liking some of that too so uh, i enjoyed my time with it nice nice yeah tanner what did you think yeah so uh coming into it like right when i first opened the game i was a little bit disappointed by how much it was like papers please uh (laughs) but it uh sort of the more i played it the more i enjoyed it um i think it delineated itself pretty nicely i like uh the the lack of like a timer um and and just sort of ruminating on the the different files and the the sort of uh apparent uh, conspiracy that's that's going on in the background that i i haven't made it far enough to entirely work out but yeah uh but yeah i i definitely enjoyed it um quite a bit uh sort of every time i'd sit down to play it i was uh you know pretty a, a bit more excited than the time before so right yeah say, same here and i i with the conspiracy i still don't understand like i don't have the conspiracy all worked out yet and i'm wondering if if it is if it's work outable <laughs> i don't know uh but yeah so i i uh, my first thoughts on it i guess i really enjoyed it too it was um I, I like that they took a a you know what would be a serious and a somewhat philosophical question of uh, what what does it take to be the Grim Reaper, uh, and and made it fun and s- s- uh, silly but serious kind of, uh, s- silly but with a point I think, um, and it kind of did what a lot of. Uh, a lot of TV shows and movies and things have done, right? So, uh, oh, what was the other? Uh, what what was the the TV show with uh, Mandy Patinkin? And they were all angels. They were these guardian angels, and they had to help people uh, get to the other side as they died. Six feet under. Was it six feet under? Talking about touched by an angel. That didn't think. <laughs> and maybe it's like touched by an angel too, but a really twisted version of touched by an angel. Yeah. Um, fishing days. I, I'm thinking of all the criminal minds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a little like the procedural ver- part of Criminal Minds too. Um, <laughs> I, I can't. That's the only show I can think of with Mandy. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, their little uh, wisdom for his little wisdom phrases is uh-huh. in commentary in the end. Yeah. Um, how how far or uh, I, I assume everybody played it at least through one through one round, right? Through one full uh, month. Oh, yeah. Yes. I... The odd one out this time. I didn't. I haven't made it all the way through. Uh, what do you mean by <laughs> one round? Twenty eight yeah, days. One... Yeah, twenty eight days a month. Okay, no, I didn't. Worth. I did not. Oh. Okay. Mostly because I died at it and I had to restart and. Yeah, that's uh, exactly what it happened. Also, is the doing... show you're thinking of Dead Like Me? Dead Like Me, yes. Thank uh, you. Okay. 
That's Wait, the one. You guys died. <laughs> How did you die? I never died. If you yeah. just dis- if you uh, don't follow orders too often. Oh, okay. Well, I Joe f- and I would never do that. I followed orders. That's right. I that's when they take me to the Nuremberg. That's gonna be what I. <laughs> I I think what happens is like once I realized. Oh, I cannot. I don't have to. I don't. I don't have to follow orders once. I'm like, well, let's see if I can do it twice in a row, uh, and then it just, you know, it becomes interesting. That's sort yeah, of what happened yeah. to me. I did it like once or twice to sort of figure out what the consequences for not following the orders were. Mm. Um, and and I wasn't sure at that time if the whole like because they they tell you at the beginning of the game that you have three strikes, um, but I was like, is that just like a narrative device? Like because right. it didn't <laughs> feel like the sort of game that would be like game over, restart, go to the tutorial again, but it was so because mm. um, yeah, so I ended up yeah doing two strikes, just seeing what would happen, um, and then th- there was a time where there was a cat in charge. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Yes. And I was like, well, surely I can get away with it uh-huh. this time. And then that was the day the boss came back. Uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah, so, um, but then I, I had to do the full, like, opening sequence again with, like, seven-day warm-up period. And, like, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, yeah, so I didn't make it through the full, full thing after that. I, I missed where they said you only have three strikes. I was just <laughs> pushing boundaries. <laughs> right. <laughs> I kind of wanted to, I, I took the opposite path of that. I wanted to see what it was like if I totally played by all of, or, or, or as much as I could play by all of the rules and follow, follow the, the rules first. And then I, I was going to, I went back in my second playthrough and started getting uh, more uh, rebellious, I guess. So maybe we should oh, like lay out the, you know, the core game loop. Oh yeah, I, I, we always forget that. We always jump right into talking about it with the assumption that everybody in the world has ever, ever that that might be listening to it has already played it. You know what else we always forget to do? We always forget to tell people that we're still uh, in various levels of social distancing and that we're recording all of this over a Zoom thing. So if we sound funny, that's why. So, but uh, you, we we've been doing this for two years this way now, so everybody should be used to it. I by think now. maybe half of our episodes we've done now over Zoom. Yeah, right? yeah, I think you're right. Out of out of uh, eight Weird. seasons, four seasons of them have been on Zoom. That's crazy. That's just bananas. But uh, yeah, so the the core game loop is: um, you have died. Uh, you are one of many Grim Reapers working in uh, what they what what they describe as an infinite bunch of offices of Grim Reapers that have to decide the fate of everything. Uh, they even allude to the idea that um, that non non living inanimate things may or may not be decided upon in some other office somewhere else. Um, but what you do is you sit at a desk and you are given every day you're given a new stack of uh, papers that spit out of a little fax machine, and you have a pen, a big sort of a marker, and you have to mark. On the bottom of each page, the, each page gives a description of the person, their job, their age, and a little short uh, paragraph about them and what they, what they do or what they like or what they, you know, uh, uh, just a little description. And you guys know how descriptions work. Um, and at the bottom of the page, you can choose to let the, that they will live or that they will die. And uh, and then when you're when you've done all of them. 
you send them back through the fax machine and you go and talk to your boss um, and he tells you whether or not you chose correctly or not. There are, uh, you get every day, you get a new, uh, a, a little note to you on your desk that tells you what your quota is basically. And if there are any specific strictures to uh, who you should kill and who you should let live, like uh, sometimes it's, uh, for example, people between the ages of 30 and 60 should either live or should die, or you should, uh, three people out of your stack of papers have to die, and they should, none of them should be students or various other things like that. And as you do all of these things, um, there's a little, uh, a little, like an iPhone, you sort of mobile phone there on your desk. And every morning when you come in, you can check it to see the news of the world. And you slowly start to see that the choices that you've made in the past of who you've let live and who you've killed uh, affect the news and what's going on in uh, the world outside of the, the, the living world, I guess, as it were. Um, and you can also go, uh, there are other floors in the building. You can go down and uh, buy things from a pirate with the money that you make, a <laughs> skeleton pirate. Yep. And those, some of those things are purely cosmetic. Some are extra that tools guy. that you can use in the game. Um, and uh, the, one, of, one of the interesting things about all of those, and we should talk about this a little bit, is they don't really explain a whole lot about what all of those tools do and how they work and how you're supposed to use them. Some, it's somewhat obvious, uh, but, but others... Some uh, of them dramatically changed how I experienced the game. Like yeah. what? Like the like snow the, globe? Yeah, the snow globe. Once I got that thing, I was like, whoa. Okay. Yeah, and, and the lamp. I would yeah. say the, the lamp and the snow globe are probably the, mm -hmm. two, yeah. the two big ones. Um, One of my favorites, though, was the coin. Yeah, a coin that was literally had death, like the death symbol on one side and the live symbol on the other. Yeah. Did you use that? Uh, I did, and then I usually didn't do what it said. But I, sometimes <laughs> I would. I'd be like, "Man, I can't decide which one." And then it yep. would do the thing where you know you figure it out. But when the coin lands, like before you look at it, you know what you want. <laughs> what you wanted. It to do. Um. Yeah, it, so it's really interesting to me. So going back a little bit to like the playing by the rules versus not playing by the rules. Because the game, because you literally fail and have to start the entire game from scratch over and again, if you don't play by the rules enough times, it really encourages you to play basically the way that Brad, the way you said that you approached the game for the first time. Um, and I, what's really interesting about that is it does foster a sense of like slowly like as the stakes in the game of clearly like what was happening on earth were escalating um i felt like my individual responsibility was like there was like a bigger and bigger separation over the course of the time i played mm. um which you know and, and i don't know how much I, I think some of the people that you like get to choose from are like there's a definitely like a randomized element to the game because I definitely had a lot of different options when yeah. I played it the second time with but there were definitely key people that were there in both. Um so I was curious if like if you had any thoughts on that about like about that sort of level of responsibility and how you felt playing the game, right? Like so I didn't notice that 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 you had this I thought it, the people were completely random. I didn't notice ever getting two people twice. And that could it just might be have been that a I just wasn't paying also. attention enough. 
it might have just been that I happened to get the same one both times. Yeah, I couldn't um, tell because I really wasn't paying attention to the names. But there was there was a lady I remember. Well, they they they're no no one's gendered, but there was a there was a profile picture that was the same or at least similar, I guess, across two different days. And I guess they had similar occupations, but the yeah. maybe the description was slightly different. And so I don't know if it randomly generates them. Or if there's if there just happens to be two people that are similar, I don't know. Maybe yeah. they could even be related. Who knows? I think that a lot of them were randomly generated just based on the way that some of the descriptions fit together. It sort of had that feel. But I also think that there are some key characters that appear yeah. repeatedly. Because like Tanner and I were talking about it, and we both had the like uh the like comet scientist and yeah. then the like guy who was sent on the then mission the astronaut, to stop yeah. the, com- the astronaut we both had both of those and oh. i'm not sure if the actual descriptions were slightly different or if their names were different or what um but you know the ones that show up on like your phone um yeah like, there definitely felt like there's a few key important plot points that there are actual characters that were they were important to yeah well now there's... i definitely want to go back and look to see uh to play again to see where things are recurring uh that'd be kind of interesting to where and why just just from a kind of trying to figure out the 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 skeleton underneath this the the game mechanic of it here yeah i kind of skeleton no no pun intended with the skeleton there (laughs) it kind of seemed like there was for sure a you know some sort of asteroid or comet heading towards earth there was definitely like a a viral disease and yeah. vampires. <laughs> I think those get randomized in there because I had I had some of those on the first playthrough and some of those on the second, and sometimes none. Of, I don't think I ever saw. Oh, them okay, okay. It is interesting because it seems like there's a continuity between them, right? Like it felt like oh, because I killed this guy, yeah. it got worse. Or yeah, that's, that's tied to the way because they definitely do affect like four metrics of yeah, like world peace. You know, like sort of it. It, it it's interesting because it sort of felt a little bit like rains at that point. Like once I got the lamp that oh, you yeah. were talking about, like I have these four things and I have to keep the meters up. Yeah, but I also don't know where the beaters are. <laughs> they I just the know snow that globe. All of these things are good. Okay, I, I never got the snow globe, so I. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to call it a meter is is a bit uh, a bit much. <laughs> it's it's very vaguely a meter of pluses and minuses floating around in the snow globe. Yeah, um, but I, I actually liked that vagueness of it, right? Uh, the fact that but, it didn't give you a hard score that you were trying to be like, oh, I've got to get two more of the peace things and i've got uh, so and i've got okay. like four economics to spare so did you did your snow globe mine evolved over time so i guess that that may oh, not always happen yeah, yeah so mine by, definitely did yeah because the more you got negatives in each of the categories the worse the the snow globe oh, yeah. areas were and the more you got positives like at one point i had a skyscraper for the commerce one because i kept getting positive commerce and i had like a whole bunch of dead people in the front for the heart like the health one Um, i did i noticed that it changed but i didn't know i didn't put those two together yeah and the tree like becomes healthy and then it becomes like a like a dr seuss rainbow tree and no mine my tree was was like a scorched on fire. <laughs> I really, I destroyed the environment inadvertently. But I started with a TP on fire. But I did get oh, peace. Boy. 
really good peace. I had good. That was the highlight for me. Was everyone was at peace? That's, they were just that's really all dead. See, now that you guys were saying that, I'm seeing how some of these these things. So the choices that you make based on the descriptions of the characters, it. I think I'm realizing now that that plays into whether or not you have a lot of, you know, a lot of one of those four things or the other. Yeah. And I think Joe, probably what happened with you and I both to make our peace so high is that you and I probably, uh, I know that I did. And I imagine that you did too. We saved people who were sort of doing things that were good at heart and, yeah. and, and kind and all of that. And we, we got rid of people who were economically corrupt or, or yep. <laughs> maybe not even negatively corrupt, like in a criminal way, but just like, Oh, this guy's a landlord. I don't yeah. want to keep him around. Uh, yeah, I mean, there were some interesting ones where it was like, this guy beats his wife, but he happens to be a, like, you know, yeah. doing research on this vaccine. Yeah. That's going to yeah. be really important. Yeah. Like yeah. They, they definitely played with that sort of moralizing a lot, but, but it's interesting sort of going back to like earlier, like I, f I find it so interesting that they frame this as your job and they give you these instructions. And usually it's, it's like, it's pretty clear like who they want you to pick like not always like um but they sort of make you have that level of separation of oh it's my job and i have to pick three of them and oh well i have to i have to pick this person because they're the only medical person you know yeah um yeah. which is just really interesting but you I, still like have a lot of choice right but there would be some days where there would be like six people and you basically pick one of them that gets to live yeah right? yeah <laughs> I felt like the numbers of, of, of your matching meeting your quota was short term more important. Uh, whereas you could, if it said, uh, you know, pick three people between the, the ages of this and this, or if it said pick all the people on the left side of the pile, uh, that was just sort of vague. And when I ignored that, I didn't seem to get in trouble for it. Mm. But if I, if I ignored the numbers, the quota numbers, Yep, the others uh, were purely optional, and they give you extra money for getting those, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. I, I, I kind of see how, how it, that goes. It's interesting because the uh, the left side one that you mentioned is uh -huh. one of the most the the one of the last ones I've done, uh, and then immediately after that, I had my my two week uh, performance review. And he kind of like dissed on me a little bit for for following orders too well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, that okay. To me too, yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have uh, killed like half the people on the left side. I guess <laughs> right. maybe that was a little little too obedient. Mm -hmm. um, well, well, so did did you you guys get any farther in the sort of the the background mystery of uh, the, the sort of the intrigue that's going on, like who's leaving the red pages and uh any of that stuff anybody oh, i only I got one red page and i oh, ignored I got it. loads of them i got probably six of them oh wow it's okay so it has to be really random then or oh, well funny. i i, got I didn't i didn't follow what the red page asked for which is possibly why i didn't get oh. any more uh, the first time i played through i did which is why i probably got more and then the second i think i maybe did ha i don't know if i, I can't remember if i did happen half they're kind of blurring together now um but yeah that's again that's another interesting mechanic to to 
to play out whether you know weighing pluses and minuses of whether you get paid and pluses and minuses of whether the world yeah kind of implodes so i i interestingly i i almost feel like the sort of red page of the person trying to tell you to break the rules honestly detracted from the rest of the game a little bit because again it made me think of papers please who i think handled that dynamic a lot better um but i feel like this game leaning into the like overall world impact and the sort of like okay so who is setting these rules and like having that because the game was very self-aware about that sort of stuff like every conversation with your boss was like wait so who's your boss and he's Mm. like i don't know and when do i get a vacation (laughs) (laughs) yeah like so there's the game was very self-aware about that and i feel like that that definitely what made it more interesting to me yeah but yeah the sort of like comparing it to papers please where in that game there's a couple characters because in that game for anybody listening that isn't aware it's a game where you're playing as a like a border agent um uh having to you know check people's papers to let them into this country um which is completely like locked down and there are people that will like try to bribe you to like let them through even when their papers aren't legit or there's like a, you know, there's like a revolution going on and the revolutionary will try and get you to be quiet about something. And there's those sorts of dynamics work well in that game. And I feel like in this game, it felt like they were trying to emulate that, but without the follow-up. I, right. I think for me, those came on like too early. Uh, so, so I was kind of sitting there like, okay, I don't have enough information about whether or not I should like rebel against fate so to speak uh fate fate, by the way fate is the name of your 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 boss right yeah yes yes um and so like i i ignored the first one i got and i think i only ever got one uh but then there were some like optional like things from fate uh which was interesting like also using kind of like uh non-standard way like I think it was supposed to be like a test. Like, are you reading them thoroughly or something? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. of them. Yeah. I thought those were really fun. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. The little handwritten notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the the deepest I got into the conspiracy is that I do not trust the cat. The cat <laughs> sabotaged me. So. Right. Yep. Um. You you do have a, an option, and I won't go into it, but uh, there's an option to make the cat more friendly to you. Uh. But Ooh. I'll leave that at that without too many spoilers, especially for you guys who haven't gotten to that. Is well, is it oh. an item? Yes, it's an item with a with a really cool reference name. Oh, I don't remember the reference name, but yes. Oh, okay, okay. I'll have to go back and check the reference name, but yes, it's it's that item. Um, I'm assuming. I, I don't know if it's other <laughs> items. <laughs> I, Go ahead, Joe. No, that's okay. I just wanted to come back to something um, that Olivia said a little bit ago about papers, please. And I actually have been thinking about um, probably my biggest complaint with this game. That's the thing that got on my nerves was that it it um, it sort of adopted a a tone that's something we've talked about on this show before, which is this kind of snappy. Um, like hipster tone um, that we've, you know, it's, uh, we've talked about it in relation to um, uh, Night in the Woods and we've talked about it in relation to some other games. It's like, it's this sort of like snappy humor that 
everybody's like too cool for school and and yeah. um and it's it's the thing that bugged me the most about the overall kind of um aesthetic like the style the basically the the, the art the, the kind of design overall design and I, I actually wonder if that isn't why it was hard for them to kind of pull off um, some of the stuff about, you know, about the conspiracy and about, because in Papers, Please, right off the bat, it's super clear what's at stake if you break the rules. <laughs> like there's, because the tone of Papers, Please is really consistent. It's like, you know, you're going to be in like, your family may starve or die of like, you know, I mean, they're, they're really consistent and clear because the tone of that game is, is, is consistent and clear. And I, I, my, one of the, my concerns with this, again, this kind of trend of like adding in like hipster kind of tonal humor is that it, it does create a lot of what I think might not be intentional ambiguity. Um, and that's, that's what I experienced with some of the rules in this game. It's like, like you guys were saying, Oh, we died. And I was like, how did you die? Um, but you know, it's I've anyway. No, I think I, I've said it, but I agree because they're they're dealing with like really big like existential kind of questions, and they're dealing with like um, you know kind of some serious stuff about like um, about rebellion and there's it's it's supernatural. Like these are all like really big themes that at like they're kind of if you zoom out they're trying to make some sort of point, but the way they go about it, like the whole journey through these points is just with this attitude of like, I don't know, the, of the person who has an A in the class without really trying. Like, mm-hmm. they're just like, there's even a character that I decided to kill off who is like a philosophy student who, <laughs> <laughs> who like read about something and now thinks they know everything. And I don't know, it almost seems like if they took that humor and maybe, maybe like looked at, looked through their game through that lens, they may have, they may yeah. have decided on a different tone. Well, and it, what's interesting is it's, I, conversely, I, I feel like, like a game like Hades does a really good job with this kind of humor. Like, like when I play Hades, I don't feel annoyed by the humor because it feels like it's it's a little lighter touch but it also is really consistent through the through that whole game whereas here mm-hmm. like like when you go and it into takes itself seriously when it's important yeah like when the characters in these like high emotional moments yeah when there's mm-hmm. like actually tragic stuff going on but then you also have like the skeleton who yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you know it's literally got i mean it is a bit of a bigger scale of the game but it definitely it has like humor, even sort of the same tangential humor, but basically I totally agree. Yeah. And it's, so it kind of feels like, like, almost like if you took like sort of papers, please and Hades and you were like, let's smash these together. Like this would be like one possible result. But I just, for me, that was really the only thing is that it, it created an ambiguity that I felt was like it, I didn't enjoy. And because I really, I I said at the beginning, I really enjoyed that feeling of having these people in front of me and having this moment where it's like, well, like their life is in my hands. And I, and that morality and the questions about, is this a good person or not? And is this person worth saving? And what is, what are the consequences of that? Like, I feel like if they had really focused even more in on that space, 
for me, that was a really, that was like at the heart of what made this game interesting. Do, um, do you feel though that that would have made it to, that, could, could they have done that and kept it the light tone and, and kept it not I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a great question. But all, I guess all I can say for sure is that every time I played, I was, I was ready. The thing I most wanted to do was get back to the desk. Um, like, so going to the yeah. little bar and going down to the like guy who mm-hmm. told me tales about, you know, the sea and like, <laughs> you know, and going up to talk to my boss, I was most of the time I was just clicking through the dialogue. Cause I was like, eh, okay. Tell me mm-hmm. if I'm can keep playing, but the, <laughs> but at the desk, like, and, and Robbie said something earlier about like how much it changed after getting the lamp or the, the, like, I almost didn't like the the kind of purest joy I had with this game was in the first week or so. And then once I figured out there were these four pillars and the pillars had to be in balance and it was like, okay, then I felt like I started doing this, like these calculations about like, should I kill this person or this person to get a plus one or a minus one? And I, I lost the kind of joy that I felt early on about like, I'm really looking at these people's lives and, yeah. and making decisions. Ah. Now I, that was um, my second playthrough. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of what I meant about as the stakes sort of increase with the narrative, the, like the wall gets thicker, right? Yeah. Right? The barrier it's like, as you get more of it exposed and have to do it more times, like it's. Yeah. But it's interesting to ask like whether that's, just the, the duration because you know it, it totally makes you think about the the bureaucracy argument for say nazi germany right like that it's not that people are evil they're just mundane and so like when your desk is filled with pages that you have to like check off you're like oh well this person dies this person doesn't die so so i i think it's an interesting question whether it's like once you've seen enough pages that are similar you just stop caring about the individual people or yeah. is it this thing about like the way that this particular game was designed? Once I started to figure out the math, like the math problem underneath it, I was like, oh, well, now I'm going to focus on the math problem, not on the on the lives. Did, I, did I hope papers, it's the please. Former. Yeah, I hope so too. But I also <laughs> like, I, I wonder because there's no payoff to that feeling, or at least I guess I didn't get to the end. So yeah. maybe there is, but it, it didn't feel like no, it was probably. building towards a commentary on that. It just felt like that was that was the thing, you know. Yeah, I I, I don't feel like it did have any commentary, it, it, any specific commentary other than sort of the crass, uh, uh, just to be kind of funny. Um, I mean, there are certainly deeper pieces to this, but I don't think it's it doesn't it lacks the seriousness of Papers Please, and uh, so so it it. it it doesn't have that so it does end up coming off more sort of crass and uh hipstery hipster feeling as joe said that that kind of humor which i mean i i still i liked and was it was fun um and it didn't detract from me the way that it that it seemed to for joe but i do think that like the emotional distance uh did contribute to like the times when i would realize that like okay um, essentially what I'm doing here is I'm picking two people to live. Um, so, yep, though I found the two people and then I wouldn't even read like the rest of the, the profiles sometimes hmm. um, or vice versa, like depending on what the, the restrictions were. And not always, but uh, despite sort of being invested in how the 
plot threads were were kind of interweaving. That was definitely a factor for me. Like I, I didn't feel like I was actually dooming people to die. Uh, oh, I I did that at some point too. I inverted it. I was like, okay, so which of these people should live? And I picked those people first. And I'm like, oh well, I guess the rest are dying. Yeah, that. If, and once I started doing that, I went through them so fast. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, no, that's definitely an experience for me too. I. I kind of, I guess maybe I experienced like a mix of both. It was more like, okay, well, the I have this globe and I want the world to be better. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that would mean like, well, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to ignore the instructions this week and not get any money. And that kind of gave me like a little bit of freedom. Like, okay, well, I'm already sparing this guy that obviously I'm supposed to kill. So maybe uh, who else gets to live now, you know? Mm. Um. So like I don't know I I guess that seeing the mechanics more and seeing um, having it exposed it it did change how I played the game but I I guess it it also it enhanced it a little bit like I wasn't burdened with oh it's a mom mm. I can't kill a mom it was like well you know what like it's but there's a bigger picture here yeah and I can see, and I and and I get actual feedback about the bigger picture. Whereas if I'm just making assumptions, like, for example, like in the real world, if I had to decide to kill someone, I would agonize. And I'd be like, well, this person might go on to invent the next penicillin or something. And I'll never know. Right. right. But in this game, I get to really have feedback. I can see that globe change and I get to, you know, be like, if okay, you that buy was the globe. Well, <laughs> if, yeah, if, if you buy the globe. Yes. Well, that's so. It was expensive. Of, it was expensive. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm fortunate that I got it early on. And it was just like, just by chance kind of thing. There's but, random items in the shop every time too. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's only three and there's like quite a few. 40 or something. Yeah. Right. From, but, oh, sorry, go. Ahead. You go. So that aspect of it reminds me a lot of, I know I bring this up every time, but it reminds me a lot of kind of what, what Pokemon does right about their game loop. There's so much, there's so much math behind it that's hidden from the player and it could just be like this cute game where you play with the Pokemon you like, and it's about the power of friendship or whatever, or it could be like a very hardcore, like math and probability thing where you're trying to breed the best Pokemon. Um, But it doesn't have to be. And if you want it to be that you have to seek out these specific items that really expose more of that data to you. Um, And this is sort of the same thing. Like it could be just a game about, um, you know, morality and stuff like that. Or if you dig a little bit deeper, that stuff's there for you mm-hmm. if you want that. Well, on that note, going circling back to what Joe was saying, um, Joe, you seem to be saying that the more you got into the the sort of the numbers side of it and, and playing it for the pluses and minuses, mm-hmm. the less you got into the reading the stories and the the more you just sort of quickly went through and that is uh, that is accurate yeah um, robbie do you th- with, with that in mind do you think a game like pokemon loses anything or 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 what's the sacrifice that you might lose by uh looking at it as a how can i breed the best pokemon yeah you you lose i mean you lose like the, the 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 cuteness like you lose some of that like uh like emotional tie to your pokemon sort of but you can you can choose and this is how i play the game like you can choose a middle ground so if you if you're really just all about math you end up choosing 
the strongest Pokemon with the best stats. And then you make that, you try and breed the best version of that one. Or you can be like, well, I like, I like this Pokemon. I recognize it's not the best, but maybe I can breed the version of this that's the best. And maybe it won't be better than everybody else's stronger, super crazy Pokemon, but it'll be the best version of my favorite. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, that's what you kind of have to do. Once you expose the underlying of a game, it's then it becomes on you to find the fun and retain some of that emotional part of it. Nice. Um, and, and that's, that's just harder to do. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's well said. I, I, I like that sort of analysis and division of, of, of that. Uh, that's cool. Anybody else? More thoughts? Well, I just wanted to add that, I mean, one of the things that for me, this game is, is like from a, from a kind of design point of view, one of the things that makes me really happy about it. And one of the things I'll probably explore more as a designer is that I think it's incredibly hard for me, especially as a player, but I think generally it's really hard to get video game players to read. Um, So like my instinct with games that offer me a lot of text is to read the parts that I need to satisfy the mechanics that are, are required of me. And, and I, it's, like I rarely play visual novel style games. I rarely play games with really lots and lots of text. And so I, I was almost surprised by myself. Like I was surprised by how much reading I did in this game. And it, I it made so me totally the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it just, it made me realize that if you design an emotional moment for people, um, you can get them to read a ton. And, and like, like I was like, I carefully read and weighed what I was reading in a way that I rarely rarely do in games and and i i was just really amazed by that and and so um and i I will say this that for those of you who who didn't make it to the end this game has possibly my favorite credits of any game i've ever played and the reason is um that the credits are designed with the little sheets and you get to choose whether each of the people who worked on the game lives or dies (laughs) 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 and it's it's an absolutely brilliant like way to, to deliver the credits. And I was like, this is such a marvelous, like I've never seen credits like this. And, you know, I've seen ones that are like fancy with lots of, you know, or they'll have like fun cut scenes and stuff, but, but I've never seen one where the mechanics of the game were so closely tied to the credits and where like each person, like the art, you know, like the voiceover actor comes up and they describe them in the little thing and they say what their job is. And then you can choose like, and you, until you choose, they don't go away. So you, <laughs> Yeah. And I, what's funny is like, I didn't have the, like, I don't know what happens if you kill someone in the credits. Cause I was like, I'm going to let everyone live. <laughs> but anyway, I just, they die like, in real life. Each copy of the game exactly, is like a death note. Exactly. <laughs> but so, I mean, so think of that, right? Like I actually read about people, not only did I go through the entire credits to the end, which I almost never do in a game. Um, but I, but I read about each of the people in the, so, so there's something about that, giving that like fin- final choice about, about what you're reading and the power of, again, the power of kind of life and death that, that for me was super compelling emotionally. Yeah. I also feel like it's important that 
they don't give you much to go on. And so I would like read it and reread it to try and find some detail that would help me make my decision. Yeah, yeah me yep. too. Um, Cause like sometimes they would give you like a paragraph that was like, they were born in this town. This mm-hmm. is their job. This is their relationship with their spouse. Yep. Um, this is their, their like life goal. And then sometimes it would be like, this person's hobby is train model trains and that'd be like all they would give you (laughs) like i don't think any of them were quite that that but like sparse but it would be it would like talk about one specific moment from when they were like like 20 or something yeah and that would be all we have and i thought that was really compelling was just yeah yeah, so not only was i reading everything other than the times when i was just like okay only one gets to live so i don't want to i just have to find a good one like because i'm gonna feel bad no matter what so i'm gonna find a good one when i wasn't doing that when i was actually agonizing over them i i definitely would was very very yeah attentive but it's interesting that you say that i mean because the actual gameplay you know, you're reading and rereading and trying to, you know, compare this information, mm-hmm. uh, not really using any metrics other than what, you know, information you're given based on what trinkets you bought and, you know, so yeah. Um, But then the actual like wrapping meta narrative, you're right that I, I don't know that I like actually like it skipped like all the conversations with your boss, but I definitely felt like there's a point where he was saying like the same thing in different way every single time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So no, no, it's interesting that there's sort of both in one game yeah. of that sort of idle, like, yeah, I get it. You're a game character talking to me. Yeah. And then yeah. back into the other half, which actually felt like immersive. It was like, it, it was like a bit of a roller coaster between like pretty immersive and interesting yeah. to like, okay, you're a video game character talking to me. Okay. Yeah. Now we're immersive. Yeah. We're immersed again. And I, um, yeah, I hate to keep hitting that. Sorry, Robbie. I'll say this quickly. I hate to keep hitting that same note about the kind of, like this kind of snappy hipster doofus humor style that people seem to now associate with video games. But it's like, for me, that's like such a tell. Um, And I felt it even more in the bar, like in the bar, like all the characters to me were like these, these cutouts of like, here's what humor is like in video games. Sorry. I just wanted to say that Robbie. No, I, that's kind of what I was going (laughs) to, what I was going to say. Like it, it, because it feels like a, like, generic video game characters normally in a game i would gravitate towards there's that there's the part of time where the the boss uh, decides that he maybe wants to be an author mm-hmm. yeah and that that's the sort of thing that kind of resonates with me sometimes because it's like oh this is this is interesting this is different at least maybe this is like a real thing but because of the way it was written i just wanted to skip through that and hurry up and get back to these pieces of paper that were written in a more meaningful way. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe and, that's the secret to getting people to read is to give them something that matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, so it's the thing too. So the bars that we've just, this is the first time we've mentioned the bar. The bar is just an area where there's random NPCs that are vaguely related to the workplace, but not really. Because um, I, I, I say that because I only ever went to the bar once. And to talk to everybody there to see what it was about, but then I never felt compelled to go back um, and learn more about these characters because I just wasn't super interested in the side characters. But that's also coming from the person who in every Dragon Age game and every Mass Effect game, I will go around and talk to each and every one of my companions between (laughs) each and every mission because I don't want to miss a single line of inane dialogue that they have just out at me like uh-huh. i want all of that and and but so it's very interesting to me that i'm definitely the type of character that i'm like i don't want to miss I like 
the, yeah. that right and then this game i just didn't i yeah. for some reason was just not interested at all yep but it is it's a striking contrast between those two things and and you're right i for the most part the style of the written the bios on the people that you were choosing was was much more kind of naturalistic right it's it wasn't yeah i mean there was a bit of humor and there was like you know like i met one guy who was named vlad and it was clearly like this vampire reference and i was like okay he he lives in transylvania and um but mostly these were just like these kind of facts from these people's lives and you were supposed to sift through them and so they're I don't know. I just found that really gripping. I, I I was much more likely to read those too. And at first I thought that like, I agree with you, Joe, that I did more or, or I was more compelled to do more reading in this game than I am in a lot of other games where there's a lot of heavy text. And I just assumed that it was because all of those, those descriptive paragraphs were just really short and, and just descriptive. And that's all it was. There wasn't a lot of like, extra useless dialogue and all those, although you could, the stuff in the bars and all the, the, uh, the other places where you did a lot of dialogue, there might've been, but I, I think you're right that it was as much the style of the writing versus the style of the, the dialogue, uh, that, that made it more compelling to keep reading mm-hmm. all of those pieces. And I think that's a, that's a part that I think, um, you know, if we were, if we were going to critique, if, if they were here and I was going to give them a critique of like, this is what I really wish you would have done is to really tie the thread between um, there's this, there's this feeling that you get when you're reading these. If it's the same as a feeling that you, you want to believe in real life, like you're reading something of someone who's just like works in a warehouse, but they always dreamed of being a, you know, a immunologist or something. And you want to believe that that fact matters. And yeah. in this game, like it kind of does, but it, it only matters if you have the globe and you can see, oh, because I saved this person, they go on and they make a vaccine or something. Yeah. Or maybe you hear about it on the on the on their fake Twitter thing later. But if they would have really focused more of the narrative on that aspect of it, I think mm-hmm. it would have been a little bit more compelling and maybe have more of that emotional payoff of like these little details about people's lives. Like they're not just their profession. Like, yeah, one time when they were five, they had this dream and maybe that matters and maybe that leads to them being an inventor or something in the future. Yeah. yeah. And I think the romantic in me, like even ones where, and this I think was again, the kind of dividing line for me in the game overall in terms of, of time is that in the early going, before I really understood the mechanics, I was just like, I was thinking about these lives and I was like, I don't know. I mean, like, like all good fiction, like I started, like I cared about each person. I was like, Oh, that that's a person who, and, and whether I loved them or hated them, like the people I hated, I was like, I can't wait for you to be dead. And then the people who I loved, I'm like, well, you know, and, and I was really struck by how much I, how much age mattered to me too. Like, like how people who were like, had been mm-hmm. like, like somebody who's 70 or 80 years old and somebody who's like 18, I'm like, I'm going to let the 18 year old live, even though like, it seems like the person who's 80, I'm like, but like, so like all these realistic parts of my brain were affected by that choice in a way that, again, I just didn't expect to be as compelling as it turned out to be. So, right. You know, like I, again, as a designer, it's like, I want to take that and like 
do like 50 prototypes to try to improve on it and, and see if you can like continue to focus in on that moment. And how do you make a game that, you know, that, that feels like it, it takes that, that emotion and just, you know, amplifies it. So anyway. Well, Joe, I actually thought about that while I was playing this. I know that, and I don't know how much you want to talk about this side part on the podcast, but I know that you've been uh, working on a game. Uh, can I say this? Is that okay? Is that... Oh, about the about the Salem thing? Yeah. Or something yeah. else? Yeah, that's, that's the one. Oh, okay. Um, well, how, how does this game inform uh inform that for you at all in the in the kind of those the way that you just mentioned uh the the idea of drilling down and finding those compelling stories even in a game where you didn't think it would be that compelling well yeah i mean i mean you guys all know that i mean for me like the kind of dream goal is to be able to procedurally generate this kind of stuff and then yeah. have it actually be emotionally compelling to people and and so yeah absolutely like like you know, that game project or the prototype is based around the idea of, of listening to people's prayers and, and trying to make sense of that as a, as a, as a player. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, f- for me at the heart of, of, I think most of what I do as a game designer is to think about how to create those emotional moments for people where they, where they really do care about someone's life, even if it's a virtual life. And, and so, yeah, to play a game like this and to be like, wow, somebody's made up all these characters, um, and and I I really do care about them and think about whether they should survive or not. So yeah, yeah. I actually thought about that as I was playing it about the game that you're uh, that you're you're working on about the Salem thing, and just wondered if you were finding uh, uh, comparable uh, pieces uh, elements in this game as that one. Um, and I you know may, may, maybe. Maybe you were, maybe not. <laughs> just, but but I, I was. It definitely find was something inspiration that I everywhere. As the yes, said. that's right. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. No, I just I. When I think about this game again in three years, I'll be thinking about the moment, those first few days when I was reading reading individual bios, and I've like you guys, I've played Papers, Please, and I never remember feeling it the way I felt it with this. I, I remember feeling like Papers, Please was a more coherent game, and it, it it had a more interesting kind of backstory to it. But, but there were, you know, there were a couple of really strong emotional moments in Papers, Please, like, like when the husband and wife show up, and only one of them has the correct papers. Like, like that's a powerful moment. But but not and consistently. The, the um, one guy who keeps coming back over and over and over again and just comically fucks up his paperwork every <laughs> single time. Like that, I will never forget. That's probably one of the most memorable game characters from anything in the last yeah, like, decade yeah. I've played. Yeah. Like, that guy. I don't remember his name, but I remember his smarmy little face with <laughs> so yes. happy to see me. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I don't remember, other than that, I don't remember a single character from Papers, Please. Um, whereas, well, now that it's an interesting question. I don't know that I'll remember any of the individual characters from this game. I just remember having a much more consistent emotional response to each of the choices mm-hmm. in this game than as compared with Papers, Please. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I definitely will say that, that in comparison to Papers, Please, uh, 
with, with that game, I was much more internally focused. Like having the stakes of, you know, right. your family is needs medicine mm-hmm. and this. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I think it it was very good at making me embed myself in that space. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the, the like anxiety and like sort of fear Misery. you have about it. Yeah. 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 But but at the same time that meant that like i was not getting as deeply invested in like the people that would come through the line like it was it was more of just like a barrage of of anxiety and negative emotion um yeah than than specific stories uh also i I, I think the time limit had a big impact on that yeah well and the mechanics of papers please are so much more complex than this right Mm -hmm. like here you're just you can choose you know live or die without having to do any of that puzzle solving that papers please asks you to do so yeah yeah and for it, sure. in that way i i uh it's one of the things i said at the beginning was that i enjoyed being able to take as much time as i wanted yeah um and it lets you kind of like really sink into that decision making process um you know, and I, I mentioned that I, I didn't always sort of fully indulge in that, but the fact that I was able to when I did get drawn in uh, was really compelling to me. Yes. Maybe we should all try being on a parole board. <laughs> <laughs> that's, or that's that's the next game, right? Parole right. board. <laughs> the game. Or like college admissions officer oh. simulator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Um, so many ideas, so many ideas for different games to have. Um, all right, I think we're probably running close to the end of our time here, to the end of our hour or so. We we kind of, as you guys know, we play loosey goosey with the actual hourness. Uh, but uh, let's uh, let's talk, think about some closing thoughts here and kind of wrap this up and then we'll talk about what we're going to play next month <laughs> in this wonderful <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about what comes after yes what comes this. after this game yeah what comes uh, after our closing thoughts <laughs> right what comes after <laughs> um so uh i'll let's go backwards let's do tanner what were your what were your closing thoughts what are you what are you what was your takeaway yeah so I definitely, uh, there was a lot uh, that I enjoyed about this game. Um, I think I think kind of my number one complaint was I wanted it to let me get in a little bit closer and feel some more feelings. Uh, it, it felt as though it was kind of uh, uncomfortable with the idea of drawing you in too much or making you too uncomfortable. Mm. Um, which is, you know, something I've, we, I've thought a lot about in, in the context of To the Rescue, like how much you show death and the negative aspect of like the point you're trying to make. Um, but I, I feel like they pulled back a little too much, maybe. Uh, okay, yeah. But, you know, I, th- that being said, I still kept coming back. I was more excited each time I sat down to play it, like I mentioned. And uh, although I didn't finish my current run, uh, I, I plan on doing so before stepping away from it. So, right. Yeah. Uh, Robbie? Uh, I really enjoyed it. And I, I think um, they did a lot of really great stuff, especially in, with regards to giving you, giving you a peek behind the curtain without just showing you a spreadsheet. 
yeah. I thought I thought that was pretty pretty fun. Um, it still gave you some interpretation, which I like. I just I just wish that they weren't they weren't afraid of sort of having some earnest moments, or at least maybe diving deeper ethically or philosophically or, or something like that. But um, for for the experience that that it was, uh, I enjoyed it. Nice. Uh, Olivia, what do you think? Closing thoughts. Yeah, I um, I definitely would echo what everyone has said so far. Surprising nobody. I'm not pulling out a hot take <laughs> right here at the end. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was disappointed in very minor ways. Overall, I feel like it was a great game that's definitely worth playing. Um, it takes, you know, it wears its inspiration on its sleeve, but it, you know, is telling a different sort of thing. And I, yeah, I mean, it, the loop is enjoyable. Like it definitely had a little bit more of that, just one more day in the office and then I'm, I'm done. Just do one more. I did that a few too many times before I finally <laughs> put it down. Um, and yeah, it, it's a solid game and it's, it's interesting and definitely worth picking up. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Joe. Okay. Um, so do you want to say anything? Cause I'm going to be oh, taking yeah, us into the next. Yeah, let's do that. That's a great idea. Um, yeah, I agree with you guys. I, I really thought it was a great little simple game uh, with a lot going on in it. Um, I, I liked that it's uh, both fun and casual and has some uh, sort of an, a, a, a a narrative story going on and multiple small narratives with all the little characters in it um, that were, that were pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, I think it was just a delightful little fun, uh, easy game to pick up and, and not super challenging, but just uh, everything that it, it was supposed to be. I think they did a, a nice job with it. Okay. Okay. Joe, final thoughts and <laughs> whatever comes after your what? final thoughts will be okay. what game we play next okay so what comes after yes the final thoughts the final um, thoughts first okay final thoughts first um so i in a way i can give this game the highest praise i have to offer which is it really makes me want to explore that that core mechanic to understand it better and to so that idea of like you know, reading about people's lives and, and feeling a stake in what happens to them, um, you know, is like, that's the dream of, of art in a way. And so um, this game showed me that there's, there's something there to explore. And so I'm really excited to, as a designer, to kind of look at that more. Um, and I will say that this game has my favorite credits of all time. And so um, <laughs> nice. now I just want to think about how to use use mechanics in games that I make as the credits. So um, <laughs> anyway, can't see me, but I'm nodding the whole time to everything <laughs> Joe, Joe's saying. Yeah. Um, so with that said, um, what next, comes next, next month, what comes after <laughs> is the name of the game that we are going to be playing. What comes after who's on first developer is Pixelnesia and Rolling Glory Jam, and the publisher is Rolling Glory Jam. Um, nice. And so what comes after is a side-scrolling adventure and a short heartwarming story about learning how to love yourself. Uh, I like all of those things. Vivi in her journey on the train to the afterlife and back. So that's what we'll be playing next month. Sweet. And 
with that, I'll hand it back to you, Brad. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thanks everybody for joining us on this podcast. Thank you so much if you played along with us. Um, Death and Taxes, and uh, we hope we look forward to you playing with us again for what comes after next month. Um, and right now, playing underneath us is Plain Loafer, a song by uh, Kevin McLeod. Uh, he's got great stuff out there on the internet. If you ever need songs for your podcast or for uh, presentations or any of that kind of stuff, just look up Kevin McLeod. He's got tons and tons and tons of stuff. Uh, and as always, if you played along with us, uh, let us know what you thought about it on our Facebook page or in on our website, littlerockgames.com, or join us on Discord to talk about this podcast and about some of the games that we're creating, like To the Rescue and uh, lots of other little projects that we're working on. Um, I think I've covered everything. Um, I want to thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next month. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.